0: Happy Monday, folks. Welcome to Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom! style! Yeah. All right, I'm. <laughs> all right, somewhat of a kind of a fall like day here in Chicago. It's been very fall like these last these last couple of days, guys. I'm Lakeena McGee. You follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram.
1: You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S I D K I D H 0. That's I T eight zero,
2: And you can follow me on Twitter at truth and reason underscore. And you can follow the show's Twitter handle at 2NDCSCHI. Follow us. We follow back.
0: All right, guys. So, you know, we got a full slate of, we got a lot to talk about these in the next couple of hours. So let's get right to it. The NBA in a bubble. There was a great weekend slate of games. The latest one was last night, Houston with a great comeback. Win against the Bucks, a game that was on ABC and for what I can, you know, even though the Rays haven't been out yet, but it looks like the Rays did very well. Also, all the NBA in the bubble games have been doing very well for the various network. So what have you guys liked so far about this NBA bubble restart? It's go been
1: ahead, very competitive. Yeah, it's been very competitive, as we talked about in our last podcast, Lakina, when we had Matt Peck going for NBC Sports Chicago. If you guys missed that episode, just go Back to uh, the last episode, Warren Engel, which kicks you over to Spotify and all other podcast platforms to catch that last podcast show. But uh, we knew that these games were going to be competitive because uh, these guys have been off the last three or four months. Uh, New Orleans in Utah, along with the Lakers and Clippers, set the tone on Thursday. And of course, they carried over to Friday with that classic Mavericks Rockets game. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, at some point. But uh, uh, last night's game between Houston and Milwaukee, it, it was, I'm not going to say one for the ages, but it was pretty much up there. Probably the best game of the weekend, I, uh, I'll say. And you also had the Lakers and Toronto. will break that down too at some point. But back to uh, Rockets and Bucks. Uh, as I said all year long, guys, Houston, they are a great regular season team. I just don't see, even though it was a great win last night, I just don't see them advancing past the second round of the playoffs. As of right now, can you tell me that they are good enough to beat the Clippers? I say no. Are they good enough to beat the Lakers, even though they have a couple of guys out due to uh, opt outs? No. But they do look good individually. Russell Westbrook came up big last night, uh, James Harden uh, did his thing. On the other side from Milwaukee, Everybody wants to shoot them in for, as an ESA Conference representative for the NBA Finals. I say no. I don't want to base everything off of one game, but you saw a great example last night. Do you trust them uh, coming down the stretch? No.
2: Well, yeah, for me, I mean, it, it, I'm just glad basketball is back, you know, in, in a sense. I'm glad to see it this past week. I got to catch a couple of games. I didn't catch the Houston and Milwaukee game last night. Uh, but again, I heard it was I heard it was a real classic. And we we're talking about this just before we went live here. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I also don't want to put too much on one game, Sydney. But um, I, I still like the Bucs um, coming out of the East, at least at this point. I know Toronto was still playing well. Um, and speaking of Toronto, they just beat the Lakers the other day. Kyle Lowry dropping 33 points. I was able to see a lot of that game. Um, now, which actually leads me to the Lakers because I'm kind of concerned about them at this point. LeBron hasn't looked sharp, I guess we can say, so far early in this in this somewhat quote-unquote bubble. Um, I know Anthony Davis is dealing with a couple of nicks and injuries here like he kind of always is uh, throughout the NBA season. They've had a few opt-outs, but um, Kyle Kuzma's playing well so far, so I think that's going to boost them. But, you know, obviously with Rondo being out, and um, and a couple of guys not there for the Lakers, I'm a, I'm a bit concerned for them coming down the stretch and as we get into these playoffs. But um, Houston, I mean, I'm, I you know how I feel about Houston, Lakina, and Sydney. I mean, they're they're the team that I love to talk about uh, when it comes to the regular <laughs> season and playoffs. I mean, I feel the same way, Sid. They they they've been a prove it to me team for the past four to five years now. I I actually think their window is completely closed. I don't trust James Harden. Or Russell Westbrook in a playoff situation. I, I just don't. I think they're two uh, players that are great individually, but when it comes to a team game, when it really matters, I just think they're too much of a, of a one-on-one type of a player to really carry a team through a playoffs, um, through a tough playoffs, and especially how it'll be in the West. So um, again, I mean, I'm, I'm glad basketball is back. Um, I Still, kind of like the Bucks. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo. What else can you say about him? I mean, the guy is just a, a scoring and rebounding machine. And he's added some some um, some length, some some range, I should say, to his jump shot. He's starting to hit threes with a lot more consistency now. So I think that's going to help.
0: I would say for me, with the NBA, the games have been really exciting. The games are really competitive. I mean, so we talked about it with Matt on, on Friday's podcast. You know, one fifty three, one forty nine. The Rockets were able to pull that out against the Maps in overtime <laughs> on Friday, and you know, the over. If you took the over, if you took the under, just under three hundred, then I guess you know, you took the over. That that's hey, you you won. Well, if you took the over, so you you yep. won. You had a nice Friday night there, but uh. Look, I mean, the Rockets, the Rockets looked really good. I mean, so far, so good. I'm not worried about the Lakers yet or LeBron because look, LeBron is up there now. He's 36. It's going to take him a couple of games to kind of get back into, like, LeBron, you know, LeBron shape. So we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll let him slide there. Toronto's look really good, but I think, you know, people are still like, yeah, you know what? Mm, you guys might not be able to do it in the playoffs. So, yeah, Kawhi's not there anymore. Um another probably probably the one of the most surprising teams i'll say is the thunder you thought you look you saw what they did to the jazz i mean billy donovan i mean we'll, we'll get to the you know, being being named one of the coaches of the year with mike Boonhoser from milwaukee should have been nick nurse should have been up there too but that's a well hopefully we'll talk about that in a bit but uh i mean CP mm-hmm. 3 looks like you know he's found a fountain of youth i mean they're they're still like you know steven adams is doing doing his thing i mean that that Oklahoma. City Thunder, I mean, people thought that they were going to rebuild and that Paul was not going to be want to be there, but they're showing you why that they're right there near the top of the, near the, like in you know, the top four or five of the Western Conference. So they've actually looked really impressive. What, what other impressions have you guys have with the research?
1: Uh, T.J. Warren, uh, after all those years with the Phoenix Suns, now with the Indiana Pacers is going to participate in the playoffs for the first time in his career. Putting up 53 points against Joel Embiid in the Philadelphia 76ers. My goodness, uh, Philadelphia is having problems. Once again, I'm not going to base it all over one game, but um, if they don't get together come playoff time, your head coach was almost out last year. He'll be out for sure this time. Uh, Congrats to T.J. Warren. He had um, 53 points of career high, and then 127-121 went over Philadelphia on Saturday. I did check out a little bit of that – that, that Jazz-OKC game, Lakina. it was not much of a contest. And like you said, uh, the Thunder had been one of the most surprising teams in this season, perhaps the most surprising team in the NBA this year. Uh, I expected people to get traded left and right at the trade deadline. Obviously, that didn't happen. You could tell the, the acquisition of Chris Paul via trade over the summer is really paid dividends for that young ball club.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Chris Paul is, is the definition of a leader – and obviously, being a point guard, that's what you want. Um, and and they, they, they play well as a team. And, you know, that's, that's uh, something that I know that was sort of um, a mantra of Billy Donovan. And let's just call it what it is when Russell Westbrook was there. I mean, the guy is great. But, you know, it's the, I don't want to say the numbers are hollow. But Russell Westbrook's numbers didn't always translate to winning. And, and CP3 and those young athletic guys down there in OKC, Billy Donovan's got them playing really well. Um, yeah, again, big shout out to T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren gets buckets, though. Yeah. uh he's been getting buckets ever since NC State. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very I true. Mean, he's a
2: hooper, but uh, absolutely congratulations to him on a career high fifty-three points. And which also brings me to the 76ers You know how I love to talk about them as well. Um, I have lost complete faith in them. I, I I really have. There is no excuse for the reason that they're playing this way. Um, I've been saying it even before the COVID lockdown and break, but they're fundamentally flawed. Um, I think they're going to need to make not only some coaching changes, but some personnel changes. Um, and, and I, you know, it, everybody wants to say that it's, it's uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. They're, these are the guys you can win with. I'm, I'm just not sure anymore. Uh, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I want to give them time, but they've kind of had enough of it. So uh, I'm not sure where they go from here, but, uh, yeah, the, the, again, the the Lakers are a bit of a surprise, just how LeBron has played. Um, but I, I'm also in agreement with you, uh, Lakina. He, I think he'll get it together. Obviously he's too good not to. Um, but other than that, um, again, I'm just, I'm glad for basketball being back and uh, we've got some, some great games coming up tonight too, starting off in a few minutes, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got some afternoon games coming up. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but, uh, I would say probably the most disappointing team, I would say, is New Orleans. Mm. You know, a lot of of people thought that maybe they could, you know, be right there for that last playoff spot. But so far, it doesn't look like to be the case. I mean, it's sort of like maybe Zion's not happy that he's on pretty much a minutes restriction, and then there's been some other stuff that's been going on too. So who's been the most disappointing so far in this restart, guys?
1: Can you put a coin toss up in the air between the Portland Trail Blazers and the Memphis Grizzlies? I think the Grizzlies won one of their games so far. But Portland, I was watching their game on Sunday afternoon against the Boston Celtics. They had a chance to win in the last second, but they just could not make the key plays when they had to. So I think uh, Portland, number one, and then New Orleans, like you said, Lakeita, number two for me.
2: Um, for well for me, number one, it's it's obviously the seventy sixers. With their schedule, they were supposed to get off to a good start. And I know it's only a couple of games in, but I believe they lost both of them. I'd have to check the record again. Um, but it it, it for me it's the seventy sixers. Um I I would have to say the the Pelicans as well. I think they're a little too talented to kind of come off to a sluggish start that they have, but um, they have a bit of a window with how this sort of restart schedule is set up. Um, I know they have to be just within a few games of that eighth spot to have a sort of play-in type of tournament um, that, uh, that 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 will sort of allow them to get into the playoffs. I'm a little unfamiliar on the details of it, so I don't <laughs> want to say anything wrong. But, um, yeah, I would have to sort of say the, the, you know, again, a little bit the Lakers, just with LeBron and how he's been playing, the 76ers. Um, are a little bit of a disappointment as well
0: I uh, was well, say I'll say New Orleans Portland and Philly those are sort of like my three disappointments so far but you never know though. the way they have it set up is that they can probably easily turn it around I mean yeah Toronto Toronto's got Miami to you know, in a few minutes um, Denver and OKC Indiana and Washington Memphis and New Orleans San Antonio we haven't talked about them you know they've, they've looked good so far against the aforementioned Sixers and the Lakers, and Utah. So that should be a good one, too. Some, So definitely some good ones today.
1: Yeah, those Andrew. games should be fun. And I'm looking forward to that, that second game on ESPN tonight between the Lakers and Utah. Utah hasn't looked, uh that great uh, on the other side for the Lakers. They pretty much have the number one seed in the Western Conference uh, sold in. Uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, uh, they'll get it together come playoff tempo. Who's going to step in and fill in, fill in those minutes as far as coming off the bench? Because we all know that Ray John Rondo won't be available for the first round of the playoffs. but who's going to take up those minutes off the bench? Um, Alex Caruso, uh, can he continue to play big? Uh, J.R. Smith, uh, Deion Waiters, who both of them were picked up uh, in, in well, Deion Waiters was picked up in early March, and J.R. Smith was he's replacing Avery Bradley. So. Who, both of them, of them or one of those guys who have to step up and, and step in big. So I'm looking forward to see which role plays for the Lakers going to, going to step up between now and the start of the playoffs next week.
2: Yeah, looking forward to the game tonight, uh, Jazz and Lakers. Um, I'm, I'm thinking Donovan Mitchell is going to be angry about the way he played the other day against OKC. The whole team, look, the whole team didn't play well. But um, he particu- in particular did not have a good night. I'm looking for a breakout game for him.
0: Should be fun. I mean, like Jason said, they only have, there's only like one week, maybe a week and a half of like regular season games before the playoffs start. So this will, mm-hmm. yeah, this will this will get very interesting. So these teams are like at the bottom trying to get into that playoff spot. You know, the the Portland, the New Orleans, Memphis, those teams are going to have to get it together. And as for the East, I mean, who you guys think at the East will we'll get that last, those last couple of spots. Like think there's, there's like one spot left that actually is, Sort of yeah. for grabs. So, who do you guys think get it? Gets it?
1: Yes, yeah, so, yeah. So right now, the Orlando Magic is number seven, and Brooklyn's falling back to eighth. But it looks like it's going to be that way. I just cannot see Washington winning enough games to catch up. I don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just don't see it. They were too far back when this whole shutdown occurred, anyway. So uh, it looks like Orlando will probably be the number uh, seven seed, and Brooklyn number eight. Here, reno- besides Jamal Carper who they picked up uh, before the bubble. Uh, do you know who's on that roster right now, who's active? Because half
0: their guys are out. <laughs> exactly, for various reasons, whether it's injuries or some of them opted out. So, <laughs> who right. knows? What about yeah, you, I think,
2: I, I think it's going to be seven the Magic and, um, and eight the eight, uh, Brooklyn Nets as well. But, man, you got a feel for uh, Jonathan Isaac from the Orlando Magic towards the uh, yeah. ACL uh, last night. So, um, just, just, you know, send a shout-out for a speedy recovery there. Um, good young player.
0: And if you, and if for all of you who say, "Well, that's what it gets for not kneeling with his teammates," and and this and the it was karma. Shame on you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Shame
0: on you guys. I'm not even bringing ridiculous. that up. I'm
2: not even going mm-hmm. there. Yeah.
0: It's just ridiculous. Um. All right. So, where do you want to go to next? A lot of places we can go. Baseball. <laughs> Baseball. Okay. Let's okay. Let's do that. Uh, we'll start with your Cubs, Jason. Seven and two. Um, they have the best record the second best record in the NL they actually have they actually are the only central team in the NL that is over 500 I'm seeing some Cubs fans are, are kind of shocked that <laughs> that uh that the Cubs are even at seven and two you know especially with the bullpen issues and then everything else so Okay, Jason. How are people are wondering like how are you? How are the Cubs seven and two? <laughs> well,
2: well, I'll tell you how. Lakina, they're doing it with some strong starting pitching. That's for doggone sure. Um, and and they're doing it with some timely hitting, which is kind of how you want you know, how, you, how you want a good baseball team to be. Now we've talked ad nauseum about this this freaking bullpen, <laughs> this effing bullpen of the Chicago Cubs. Um, I am really, really really concerned about Craig Kimbrell Um, and I know you kind of called it Sid and I hate to give you the credit for it man but I you know I thought (laughs) I
0: could kind of throw away
2: last year right because you know he was coming he was signed after a hiatus Um, I I, I can kind of see the issues from last year but it just it seems to have just translated over and he has no movement on his fastball anymore um and it's and it's a it's a center cut fat steak for Major League Baseball hitters. And if, if he doesn't have the movement or find the movement to his fastball, he's, he's he's gonna get hit and he's gonna get hit hard. And he's been getting hit hard so far in this early part of this um the sprint to the finish, hashtag sprint to the finish for the MLB season. Um and you've seen Coach David Ross stay away from him. Just just playing, not using him the past couple of games. Um and it's it's been shaky, but um Mr. Jeffress has looked good so far. A couple of other young arms that they have in the bullpen have looked okay so far, but they're going to have to find some consistency, whether it be with Greg Kimball or without it. And um, But so far, so good. Again, strong starting pitching. I can't say enough about the season so far, the start that Tyler Chatwood has had. Uh, John Lester has looked good. He's looked consistent, even though he's had a dip in velocity. I mean, that's kind of expected at this stage of his career, but he still looked really good. and. He, you have to play well against your schedule. I mean, it is what it is, people. You know, it, you, yep. you have to win these games. They're they're on the schedule. You can't lose them. That's for doggone sure. And this is what the Cubs have been doing so far.
1: Yeah, you can't apologize if you're a Cubs fan or a Cubs player about the schedule because you knew that coming into the now shortened sixty game season, you're supposed to beat up the team on the beat up on the teams that You're supposed to be there below 500. Now, I'm with you, Jason, that the starting pitching has been tremendous, probably with the exception of, of you, Darvish. Tyler Chatwood has been a, been a surprise this year.
2: Better outing yesterday, though, or the last time out, though, said. Better outing.
1: But, but besides that, you know, Cal Hendricks has, they- uh, <laughs> has been on, on fire. Tyler Chatwood has, has had a surprising year. John Lester still there as a veteran. Will he break down like he has, has the past couple of years? We shall see. But that start pitch opens up the office. The office has been carried by two guys, Anthony Rizzo and Javi Bias. Bias. has been on fire these last few days.
0: And this has been without Chris Bryant, too. I mean, Chris Bryant, mm-hmm. he's feeling better now, thank goodness. He hasn't he tested negative for COVID. So he should be back with them soon. Um, look, as long look, this is not like bonus points. This is not like the BCS in college football where you gotta have like, you know, little style points. As long as you win, especially in this kind of season where you're only going to have 60 games, as long as you win, like Jason, like you said, as long as you win against the teams in your schedule, you know, you're, you're doing okay. And I, I got to say, though, you know, Baez had the, the, the walk-off last night. I mean, did you guys like how it, how it was set up? Because, of course, you know, in the 10th inning, you start with the runner at second and then, you know, everything else. And if you score, then everything else. How do you guys like that sort of, you know, concept with this, this new rule change?
1: I guess for this year, I'm okay with it. Thank goodness they won't have that during the playoffs, so they'll be scrapped. Thank goodness. Now, will they have this going forward? I'm not sure. We'll see during the off season, but I'm okay with it only because, in the situ- because of the situation we're in right now, so I really don't have no problem with it. You can argue it either way if you can, but I- I'm not going to go down that path. We just have to accept it for what it is.
2: In an effort to make games more exciting and, and uh, a little shorter, especially when it comes to extra innings, I have no problem with this idea whatsoever. Um, I, I think it forces teams to, you know, to really buckle down when it comes to how they're going to uh, set up their matchups later on in games and who they're going to play out in the field later on in games as well, because uh, it's usually the guy that makes the last out the previous inning that starts on, on second base. So, all of those are just little factors that I I, I kind of love. I'm, I'm also, though, with you, Sydney. I don't want it for the playoffs. I wouldn't like a game decided like that necessarily. Uh, but so far, I like it.
0: Yeah. Same here, I think, look, as long as you don't have it during the playoffs, for this kind of season, I think you're going to have to do something a little bit kooky, a little bit wacky, you know, and make it exciting. So, you know, there have been a couple of games that have been like that this year. So, I'm, I'm fine with it, too, as long as you don't do it during the playoffs. That's fine with that. Now in the NL, I mean, Atlanta's looked really good. They've won five in a row. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. You know, the Rockies have had a nice start, even though listen, they they played mostly not so good teams, so they can't they, they can't help that, but they've they've done well so far. I like their pitching. Who who in the NL has impressed you guys so far? Yeah, you should Go ahead, say go,
1: go ahead go ahead, Jay. Okay. Uh the,
0: the
1: Dodgers <laughs> as usual. Um uh, Uh, this is kind of what we expected, right? So, the Dodgers, uh, at least uh, on roster from top to bottom, they're the best team, perhaps the best team in in baseball, so I'm not surprised by them. Like you said, in the Atlanta, they beat up on the trashy New York Mets. I know we'll get to them more in a second, but um, the the two best teams in the National League right now, the Cubs and the Dodgers, unfortunately, we can't see them this year uh, in the regular season due to the special scheduling, but are these two teams on a crash course for perhaps the NLCS uh, for the third time in the last five years? We'll, we shall see.
2: Well, guys, you remember what I said last week about shortened seasons and just one team out there that could surprise a whole lot of us and come out of nowhere and play well and possibly get into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Which one of us had the Baltimore Orioles as possibly being one of that those teams? Raise your hand. I'll wait. I know I didn't. <laughs>
0: I know I didn't. I didn't either. <laughs>
2: yeah, me either. That's my point. I don't think but... No one did either.
0: No, <laughs> no one. Not even Baltimore. Ba- not even Baltimore people.
2: <laughs> but at this point, nonetheless, they are five and three. And again, good starts are, are going to matter. This We're only talking about 60 games here. i am I'm not sure if they can keep this type of thing going, right? I mean, I don't think any of us are really. But they're five and three. If they can sort of keep an even somewhat 500 pace the rest of the way, they might make the playoffs. And nobody had that going into the shortened season. So, for me, it is uh, definitely the Baltimore Orioles again. I don't know if they can sustain it. You know, it remains to be seen. But um, so far, you, you, yeah, again, like you said, Lequeen, and probably not even Baltimore players uh, predicted uh, getting off to such a good start.
0: I follow, Yeah, I follow a lot of Baltimore uh, media people. John Oran, who does great work for his sports business journal he has a lot of the sports media news of it. That I'm sure listen, he's been on Twitter saying, look, I didn't expect this to happen. I don't think no one in Baltimore did either. So it's <laughs> it's sort of interesting how <laughs> we we said this before that once this schedule kind of came up, we were wondering like who would benefit from, that, from this type of scheduling. And it looks like so far, again, it's early, but... Baltimore looks like you know they they've done well. I mean maybe they'll maybe in about a week or two they'll probably be at the bottom. But right now they're a five and two, so they they can't no one can take that start away from them. Um, wait, since we didn't before we get to the, the White Sox, uh, before we talk about you know the AL back to AL, you know Joe Kelly hitting Carlos Correa, Correa yeah. and yeah, <laughs> did you guys like that move? I mean he got suspended for eight games. I don't think I don't think there's been an update on his status or whether his appeal's been you know, accept it or not. But for me, I know people like – some people were saying that, well, well, he shouldn't have thrown it at his head. But, again, no one else was going to do anything. And you really thought the Dodgers were gonna, were the ones that were affected by this. So, I don't understand. Look, I'm fine with Joe – I'm team Joe Kelly all the way in the, on this one. What do you guys think?
1: <laughs> Same here, Lakina. I, I know what Joe Kelly is trying to do. I missed the, the part initially when he um, tried to hit Alex Bregman uh, I know uh, some people claim that uh, the ball, quote, unquote, got away. But we all know what, what his in, intent was. And right now, as you mentioned, Kenny, as, as of this podcast, he's still playing. He, uh, according to Major League Baseball rules, you're allowed to play uh, during your appeal. So probably after after this is all said and done, he'll probably get a game or two knocked off. You He'll still be suspended. But you, you kind of knew what he was doing right there, especially at the, yeah, after uh, – he, he threw behind Korea after a 3-0 pitch and then <laughs> doing, I like the little trash talking that he did afterwards. Of course, uh, both teams came out, but realized, uh, because of the pandemic, uh, it's, it's best not to fight. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's best not to fight. So let's just go sit down and not be stupid like the Marlins. Uh, and let's everything just die down.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I'm also team Joe Kelly on this. Um we weren't sure, obviously, with this with this unique season, if anything would happen um, with the Houston Astros, just as far as the way they might be dealt with, um, you know, as compared to, to the rest of the teams, how they would deal with the Houston Astros. Um, it's not surprising whatsoever. Um, you know, pretty much the Dodgers were the team that were affected the most by this. So um, I'm still team Joe Kelly. We all know what his intent was. Uh, that's why he got suspended the amount of games he got. Um, it is about i want to say 20 games equivalent in a full season something like that so um you know he'll probably have a game or two knocked off but i'm i'm, I'm not surprised um by by what he did you know we we at least us that you know still watch you know in, in with intent in baseball we were sort of wondering if if anybody would you know sort of do anything with the Houston Astros and we see it didn't take long
0: yeah Oh, oh yes, and look, listen. This is a guy that broke his window when they were training during during the uh, the uh, the social distancing. The the not the pandemic, but sort of like you know, as everything is starting to kind of get together. With this is a guy that broke his window in his house. So <laughs> I mean, this is not really surprising. So I'm sure he'll probably end up serving like maybe four or five games. He'll have he'll get a couple of games knocked off, and you know, this will probably not be the last time we'll hear of this. I know. I know it was a song, but I don't think this is the last time we'll be hearing of this. Just saying. So let's go over to the south side in the AL. Your White Sox is five in a row, uh, four in a row, I should say. And uh, mm-hmm. the the dynamic duo of Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez have you know done such you know great. You know I think they just hit another home run. Actually, they're <laughs> Dylan C. Dylan <laughs> does – Yeah, Dylan C's Isn't giving up dongs. So. You know, he actually had a good outing yesterday against the Royals. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's face it, it's the Royals. So, you know, it, would, it probably would have been disappointing if they didn't, didn't sweep him. But what about your White Sox, Sid? Uh, as you mentioned on
1: Sunday afternoon, Dylan sees had a um, very good performance uh, be- besides that solo shine he gave up to Alex Gordon. Uh, he didn't have a lot of strikeouts, but that's okay. As long as you get out, the defense is playing great behind you. And that's all you need. Uh, Dallas Keuchel has been a has been a surprise to some not to me personally because we all knew what uh, what Keuchel uh, has brought to the to the ball club so far he's not a strikeout guy either but he gets a lot of ground balls and so which means it puts a lot more pressure on your defense especially your infielder so Keuchel uh, has done well so far I was worried about that start pitching a little bit coming into the season it looks like it uh that's starting to turn around now. Lucas Giolito finally got back on track last week uh, with a no decision, but he had a, a great performance uh, at Cleveland. So uh, hopefully he can stay consistent on that path throughout the season. But as we talked about before, guys, the offense is what is what is going to carry this team. You saw that in the last game of the Cleveland series, which they won. And you saw it over the weekend at Kansas City. And congratulations to rookie second baseman Nick Madrigal. going four for five yesterday. He could have went five for five. He, he almost beat out his last at bat, but uh, it wasn't meant to be, but he had a, a great day yesterday. Yasmani you know, Grandal, the new catcher they picked up for the Milwaukee Brewers via free agency. He came through with three RBI yesterday. So, And Jose Abreu, uh, he's starting to heat up too. So, This White Sox offense is on fire right now. Hopefully, uh, they're catching Milwaukee at, a, at the right time right now. I think it's a four-game series this week, two in Milwaukee starting tonight, and then I believe two here in Chicago later on this week if I have that. I don't have the schedule in front of me. But uh, they catch Milwaukee at the right time. No, Lorenzo Cain. I don't think uh, Ryan Braun's is going to play either. I know they still have Christian Yellich. But, uh, He's been you struggling. Take at least...
2: <laughs> yeah, I was saying, Yelich has been struggling.
1: Yeah, so if you can take at least three out of four of these games against Milwaukee this week, um, you're in second place behind the Twins. Uh, things should be looking up for the White Sox right now. Uh, I'm uh, still concerned, even though they haven't done a bad job, I'm still concerned about their bullpen a little bit, even though they have done the the job here recently. I'm still concerned about their bullpen. Of course, Eloy Jimenez, uh, defense in left field, he made another blunder yesterday, which cost them the the second run of the ball game for for Kansas City. But outside of that, you you have to feel good if you're a White Sox fan.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, they've got good young talent. We've been talking about it for the past couple of years now. Um, they're starting to mature. Uh, Nick Madrigal, I mean, I think he's, he's an all-star in the making. I really, really do. Um, and, of course, Eloy Jimenez, you know how, uh, how I feel about him. I mean, he's, 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 he's a superstar in the making. There's no doubt about it. So um, the offense is definitely what's going to carry them. But now that the starting pitching is starting to come around, uh, the White Sox are a dangerous team. They've got to just keep pace with the Minnesota Twins at this point, who have also gotten off to a great start and are, are still hitting home runs out of ballparks as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just they just hit a couple more. I mean, they took three out of four against the Indians. Um, look, I, I think the White Sox, like, I, like I've been saying for, for the last few weeks, the White Sox, their offense will keep them in games and they will keep them in play in a, in a lot of games. That bullpen, like you said, so I know they, they did well against Kansas City, but I'm a little <laughs> – concerned about how they're going to do it against the better teams in the Central Divisions. Mm-hmm. That, that's what that's what I'm worried about. But, look, I think mean, the White Sox – if the White Sox can keep staying consistent with their bat – with their hitting, I think they can – they can be right there. I don't think they'll be able to catch Minnesota because Minnesota, as long as they're, they're hitting home runs, I mean, they're, that, they're going to be tough to catch. So, as long as they get into that second or third place, I think they will. They'll, they'll be okay.
1: Yeah, two quick notes on the White Sox. Gio gonzalez looked good in his first start uh in saturday's game against the world's end and they're currently um um putting up these runs without team anderson who just went on the il the other day
0: yeah yeah well well. yeah luckily they got the depth so hopefully there won't <laughs> be a big problem not having anderson this definitely
1: was not the case a year ago definitely right not.
0: exactly so they should be okay uh in the AL, you talked about uh, Baltimore, Jason. Uh, the Yankees. I think. I think Aaron Judge just hit another home run. I think. Just <laughs> another. I mean, you know, leading the league in runs. I mean,
2: he's on fire. He's on, on fire. Yeah, um, I mean, he...
0: the run differential is just insane. With the well, actually, they're they're actually right, you know, trailing Minnesota. But uh, yeah, the, yeah, Judge has been looking really good, and if they can stay healthy, I think the Yankees will be tough to beat in, in the AL.
2: Yeah, it is all about health the yankees it it really really is um aaron judge is your mvp at this early point in the season i mean yeah i think he just hit another one lakina like you just said um i mean and you know it it's it's so it's so interesting because you hear um you hear it's an old baseball cliche about how the ball sounds different coming off certain players bats and obviously when you know when there's no fans in the stands it's really easy to hear the the ball and bat impact anyway but if you just listen to some of the balls that are being hit by Aaron Judge, <laughs> they legit sound different. <laughs> and, and he is hitting the ball with such authority. I'm glad to see that he's healthy. I'm glad to see Giancarlo Stanton is healthy and mashing the ball. It's really all about health for the Yankees. Like you said, Lakina. if they're healthy, they're going to be tough to beat.
1: And also for the Yankees, too, uh, I, I did watch their game earlier this week uh, uh, at Baltimore. And Garrett Cole did look good. He was helped out by that uh, uh, offensive performance. I think they put up nine runs uh, in last Tuesday's win at Baltimore. So Garrett Cole does look good. Just if you're a Yankees fan, you're concerned about the the end of that starting rotation in their bullpen, which gave them problems last year.
0: Yeah, that was sort of the one thing that killed the Yankees in the end in the playoffs was their bullpen. So it'll be interesting, like you guys said. In um, the AL West, I mean, we all thought Houston was going to run away with it, but there hasn't been there hasn't been the case. And Oakland's looked really good so far. Seattle, you know, is right there. We've been talking about Seattle for the last couple of years. I mean, they're kind of, they've got sort of like the young nucleus. They just need to kind of like get it all together, get it all like mixed in together, and I think they'll be fine. And what do you guys think about the AL West? I mean, for for me, I think. It's it's going to be very interesting. We all thought that the Astros were going to run away with it. That hasn't been the case so far. What do you, What's your – what say you guys about the West?
1: Uh, for Oakland, uh, this is what they do, correct? <laughs> Every year they go to a sluggish start and they kind of trade water. And then after the All-Star break, they just seem to take off. But with this year with a shortened schedule, uh, you need to get off to a, a good start. Oakland's been looking good so far. I watched a couple of their games, especially over the weekend. They played it at Seattle, and they looked really good. So I wouldn't be surprised if Oakland's right there at the end of the season. Maybe not to overtake Houston. I know they almost did last year, uh, but but they kind of uh, fell by the wayside. Seattle, kind of the same thing. Although they have a bunch of known names, but they compete hard every night. So I won't count them out just yet. Uh, not not for the division, but maybe for for a wild card, but. The AOS is going to be a, a surprise to, uh, for most people. I, I think Oakland's going to stay and at least give Houston a real uh, decent run at that title.
2: Well, yeah, for, for me, I mean, I think Oakland is, is a worthy challenger. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we, we all picked Houston to win the division, but I believe I think I might have had o- Oakland at a wild card spot. Um, and I'm, I'm actually sort of leaning a bit more towards Oakland at this early part of the season. I know it's still, you know, technically early um but um houston i think well they've got a justin verlander problem to deal with um in his forum they gotta they gotta really really monitor that they're missing garrett cole so you know at at this point that's your one two at the top of your rotation so justin verlander too (laughs) yeah 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 and 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 so they they've got some issues there um you know are they still good obviously yeah sure but I think, again, Oakland is a worthy, worthy challenger there, and we'll, you know, we'll, keep, we'll keep an eye on it because, again, this is such a unique season. You don't really want to have a bad week or two. You know, that can really impact your season um, in, a, in a negative manner. So got to keep our eye on that. Uh, um, I, I, I really feel bad for, for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever you want to call them and <laughs> they're so in their fans. Yeah. Um, they're, they, they've got a really, really bad team. And uh, it's they they have no pitching whatsoever. Um, shout out to Justin Upton though, I believe hit his 300th home run the other day. Um, but they're 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 getting old, and they have no pitching, and it's not a good combination. Uh, and of course, Mike Trout just going on on uh, paternity leave now, so that's another big hole in their lineup. Um, but I just really feel really feel bad for like I said, Mike Trout and, and their whole fan base because it, it's it's going to be. They're, they're, they're not good. They're not good whatsoever. Um, let's see. Uh, a bit of a concern about Cleveland, right, guys? I mean, I thought yeah. mm-hmm. kind of started off well, but I've lost a few games in a row now. Um, they're not hitting the ball. And and that's that's really where the glaring concern is. They're pitching well, but their offense isn't coming through. So um, I'm sort of keeping my eye on Cleveland. I think we all thought that they would sort of be right there to compete with the White Sox um, at, the, at the top of the division with the Minnesota Twins. So um so far not the case
1: i uh, just one, yeah, one uh yeah, piece ahead, of breaking take. news that's crossing the wire just now nomar mazzari who, who the white sox just picked that picked up in the all season from the texas Rangers, he's just been activated from the injured list okay. so he will rejoin the team soon
0: okay that's good to hear um i think for me probably the most disappointing team i would say is right now I would say maybe Toronto I would thought maybe Toronto I know that they're in a unique situation too where they're playing in Buffalo they're not you know they basically got kicked out of their own city now they gotta (laughs) now they have to play in in Buffalo and you know sort of the inconsistencies I mean they lost a couple in a row their hitting has been good but their pitching hasn't been great they did like one day it's the reverse so the consistency is just not there yet but and also, they've had games postponed, too. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute with the Phillies. But like I said, it'll be very interesting, though, if, if they can kind of get back on track. Although they're so young, so they may have to It be another couple of years.
1: Yeah, quickly, I think the, mo- the most disappointing team in the AL will, would have to be Cleveland, as we said uh, before uh, on the show uh, a couple of shows ago. Uh, it depends on what Cleveland does it, which gives the White Sox a, a better chance of now you have expanded playoffs for this year. Uh, it will vary the chances for the White Sox to get into the playoffs. Uh, Cleveland, um, it, it's been uh, the Minnesota Twins has been their Achilles here over the last couple of years, and this year is, is shown his ugly head again. And like you mentioned uh, Lakina, this is kind of their last run for Cleveland because they can't they cannot pay everybody. Cleverton might be shown the door. Uh, Francisco Lindor might be showing the door. remember. He was rumored to go to perhaps the Dodgers during the offseason. So, big uh, changes could be ahead for Cleaver, but before then, um, let's see if they can get it together because they looked great in their series against the White Sox, but uh, against the Twins on the road, uh, they just did not look good.
2: I have a feeling, just a real quick note on that, on, on Francisco Lindor. Um, uh, obviously, my feelings are, are really not worth a whole lot, uh, guys and gals, <laughs> but I, I really, really. See him in pinstripes or or in Boston red after this year I I just got a feeling
0: yeah well we'll see it will be interesting though um, I wouldn't be surprised yeah exactly um let's talk a little bit about off the off the field baseball yeah. stuff um the Marlins the Miami Marlins they've had 13 players and staff members <laughs> that have tested positive for COVID in the last weekend you know they've had games postponed and then the Phillies but you know, the good news for the Phillies that they had no positive tests which is good but then now the Cardinals now they're they've got a couple of you know players and personnel that have tested positive so what do you got what do you guys think of all this I mean obviously they're not, I don't think they're going to cancel the the seed the rest of the season I know I know all these doom and gloom people are like well let's just cancel the rest of the season they're not going to do that they're they're not but he, and also you you know, Lorenzo Kane, who you just mentioned said a few minutes ago that he's opting out. Uh, I mean, you know, they didn't know where he you know, the mess didn't know where he was for like almost like half the day and now his agent came out and said that, oh well, you know, he's he's opting out, he packed all his stuff and you know, just left, not didn't tell anyone. Uh what do you guys think of all this weirdness that's been going on off the field?
1: Uh, first, starting with Jonas Cespedes, uh, I know he had a couple of home runs to start off the year, but uh, he's really been struggling. Outside of 2015, he just has not been consistent. You know, injuries has um, has played a, a big part in this, but uh, you could develop a reputation real quick that you, quote-unquote, don't care. And I don't know that the Mets gave him a whole lot of money, but uh, he's a free agent after this year, so uh, he says he's not coming back to do COVID-19. If you're the Mets, okay, uh we got what, what we uh, we didn't get very much out of you outside of 2015 good riddance. we want to see you again just go home we rebuilding anyway
2: yeah pretty much i mean that did th- this guy i don't i don't even know what to even say about him anymore uh he's a he's a nutcase um at this point i mean this isn't the first time that he's like done stuff and just not told his team about it so this i mean i'm I'm sure i'm I feel the same way like you do it. I'm sure the Mets are saying good riddance goodbye and good riddance um so so yeah that's that's how it is for me yeah I, it's just a weird weird situation but um i I don't you know hate to be a homer here, but shout out to the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White sox because if you uh if you look closely at some of sort of the inside information that is coming out from major League Baseball, these are two of the better teams that are 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 you know, performing as far as uh, organization wise, keeping their staffs and, and ballpark clean and adhering to the protocols uh, when it comes to this pandemic. Um, we're also seeing teams that are not adhering to these rules, um, which is a really, really concerning for me uh, because you still see guys high fiving and, and doing all types of things and stuff that isn't, you know, it's just not smart. Um, and then you have a breakout within the, with the Miami Marlins. Um, you know, I don't know what what happened there, but obviously things went terribly wrong. And now you've got a few uh, players and staffers from the St. Louis Cardinals that have tested positive as well. And and these are going to affect games, and they're going to have to be a lot of doubleheaders played. It, it seems like within the near future here. Um, but it's it's a concern. You know, we, I just urge everybody to be smart, and not every team, not every player is being smart out there.
0: I, I guess the Marlins took a trip to Lou Williams and, and with you know Magic City and everything. It is just like- For <laughs> really, the wings,
2: for the wings. Those
0: wings, you know, even though there was a dancer that said that, you know, that, yeah, Lou got a little bit of a- I no, don't believe but that. Well, but, I'll, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that alone. But uh, <laughs> look, I mean, you, you, yeah, hope that this isn't, you know, hopefully they contain this. And Rob Manfred deserves some blame here too, because he should have put in some of those protocols. For all of the MLB saying, "Okay, look, don't go here, don't socially distance, wash your hands, and such," so he's telling the players union, "Like, look, you guys need to do your thing." Well, you, you're the, you're the commissioner, dude. You could have said something and said, <laughs> and 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 like put all these parameters here. So you're the commissioner. This is why Adam yep. Silver's been able to do what he does, and also I forgot, I keep forgetting, Rick Garber, Garber, I think is the name of the MLS commissioner for soccer. Yep. So. Come on, you deserve a little bit of blame here, Rob. Sorry.
1: Yeah, and also you, um, Commissioner Manfred backtracked and, and said yesterday, oh, I'm not about quitting. Uh, what he said uh, threatening Tony Clark and the Players Association, it's just uh, like your stern parents give you a warning before they actually uh, do something. So that's, that's how I took it. And so they're not going to cancel the season unless there's a, a, a or the forbid, things really take turn worse for worse for effects half the teams and half the league is so I think, uh, as I felt all along, they're going to try to push through the things, just how do you handle this? And right now, baseball needs to learn how to handle this. And teams, individual teams have to take personal responsibility as well.
2: Yeah, agree.
0: All right. So anything else you guys want to talk about before we take a break?
1: No. Let's take this time gotta- out. Mm.
0: All right. So, All right, we're going to reconvene. we still got a lot more to talk about. We'll talk about the NFL. We'll talk about college football and some top players maybe revolting and one top player raising the alarms of what schools might be doing or not doing when it comes to COVID. (laughs) Also in college hoops, could the Big Ten? Got a lot of teams to beat next year.
2: Oh, yeah. Got some news in the Big Ten, too.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you know for hey, G- let's do that hockey <laughs> oh, of co- oh, oh of course we're gonna get to the hockey part of course of course Hawks, the hawks, look, the, the hawks look, uh, look great in their first game also the stuff that them, the nhl is doing so we gotta talk about that too guys so we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be talking even more so stay right there so second c sports zoom style we'll be right zoom style. all right we'll be back right after this All right, folks, and we're back for more Second City Sports Zoom style.
2: Zoom, Zoom style.
0: <laughs> we're getting better and better with that. All right. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Lakena McGee. You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and Akina underscore McGee on the Instagram.
1: You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kid 80 Once again, at SidKit80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80.
2: And once again, you can follow me at truthandreason underscore, and you can follow the show's Twitter at 2NDCHCSI.
0: All right. All right. Well, it's been a while. It's okay. Uh, All right, Sid. Let's get ready to, as Chance would say, even oh, I'm having some issues with him, but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, Let's do that hockey, as he would say. Let's do that hockey. All right. So... (laughs) The NHL officially had its restart on Saturday where the Blackhawks had, you know, looked really good against the fifth seat Edmonton Oilers. They came out the gate, you know, there was a lot of goal scoring. So if you took the under, I mean, I think you did pretty well for yourself early Saturday evening, but well, look, I mean, the office looked really good. I mean, it was a little, kind of got a little too close late, but they were able to pull it off the lead. One zero 0 in his best of five sort of, you know, pre Stanley Cup playoff, however they're saying it. So what impressed you most about the, about the Blackhawks, Sid?
1: Oh, the offense, uh, as I wrote it in my article, at WeAreRegalRadio.com. We Uh, I expected it to be an offensive series, but uh, it's going to come down to goaltending. For the Blackhawks, it will have to come down to Corey Crawford. He did look good through the first two and a half periods, but as you mentioned, the penalty kill for the Hawks didn't look so good down the stretch, but that's what happens when you take a foot off the gas. You were leading 62 at the time. But back to the beginning of the game, um, they gave up the first goal after going into the penalty box, uh, talking about the Hawks. Uh, after that, they settled down. They got their uh, game together. They took advantage of the mistakes that the Oilers made, in particular goalie Mike, uh, Mike yeah. Smith oh, uh, yeah. of the Oilers. Uh, Dylan Strong, great recognition, great play, um, bouncing the puck after Smith turned it over uh, off the back of the net. That's where it really got the Hawks going. Jonathan Taves, Captain serious. he takes over again. And shout-out to rookie, should be rookie of the year, Um Dominic Kubelik uh, in his first ever playoff game recording five points in two, including two big goals and three assists. So he really stood out to me. Brandon Saad uh, said he was, he was supposed to be one of those guys that's supposed to stand in front of the net. Uh, he's a, He's been here before. He chipped in with a goal on Saturday. So uh, offensively, uh, a great performance by the Hawks. Let's see if they can continue that tonight in game two. But I have a feeling that things will probably be different, so we'll we'll, we'll see what happens in tonight's game. But all around was a good performance officially for the Hawks. The team defense looked good in spots, but that the end of the third period concerns me. So we'll we'll see it, what what Tom said for tonight's game to action.
2: Well, I, I mean, I definitely was impressed by the the start of the Blackhawks. Um, but said, obviously, I'm you know I'm I'm the resonant knowledge here when it comes to hockey. So uh, just uh, break it down for me how this sort of restart format is because these is this this technically a playoff series for the Blackhawks and the Oilers? Uh, it's the qualifying round. Uh, it's the qualifying round.
1: It's the best three out of five series. So the first team to three wins gets to play in the first round. The top four teams in the East and the top four teams in the West which they'll call Robin rounds. They'll play for seating. Uh, uh, those seated five, number five, and lower, they're participating in a qualifying round, which is the best three out of five. Those round for sports, sports uh, teams
0: mm-hmm.
1: seating, they, those are best three out of five uh, series as
2: well. Okay, okay, gotcha.
0: Yeah, simplifying it for those who are not, you know, aware of how this this format is in hockey. Um, Carol, Carolina's looking really good. They're up three-one against the Rangers. I mean, Hendrick Lundqvist. I mean, who, <laughs> who I look. I mean, who I, I love dearly, but he's not getting any help. So I'm a little worried about that series. What is the who's the press? What teams press you so far, Sid?
1: Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, as you mentioned, as we currently are currently recording this podcast, as you mentioned, the Carolina's up three-to-one over the New York Rangers in Game Two. Uh, frustration for the Rangers at the end of that second period, there. Uh, the rest did out a little bit of shoving, but they had to kind of break it up quickly because you know, social distancing. You know, they're playing in the ball now. They did uh, allow them to have one fight game one on yeah. Saturday afternoon, <laughs> but outside of that, things have been pretty okay. So, offensively for the New York Rangers, that they have uh, it has been there uh, throughout the season, uh, this, this season and throughout the series. Congrats to former Blackhawk car Timmy Pernier, who did score the only goal to this point in game two today for the Rangers. So uh, we'll see if the Rangers get it back together. If they can, they'll trail the series to nothing and uh and things will not look good for that team, even though they have been fighting hard all year.
0: Yeah, that that's always been sort of an issue scoring wise for them. I, I like Colorado. Colorado looked really good last night. That was night. a great finish last that night. That was yes. that really was like really like literally right at the buzzer that 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 mm-hmm. goal, that game winning goal. Um Philly looked really good. Um Columbus, the Blue Jacks look really good against Toronto. Uh, Minnesota, you know, against the Canucks with a shutout. I mean, Matt Dumda, who plays... <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, we'll leave that alone. Uh, Matt Dumda, who is... who plays for the, the Wild, who's a defenseman, led the, has been leading the charge against er, erasing racism in hockey. And he stood with the, the Oilers and the Blackhawks for the end racism you know, Black Lives Matter and he kneeled he became the first you know NHL player to kneel you know this you know the the hockey national the the hockey diversity alliance is what they called and they're vowing to kind of stand up for racism and this is all this has been a problem for hockey all these years you know guys that you look at what happened with Grant Fuhrer you know he because he played like one of the like the top dynasty teams of the 80s he dealt with mm-hmm. racism. I mean, they look at Jerome McGillah, who he'll, he'll tell you, who now is down in the Hall of Fame, but he'll be the first to tell you that he's dealt with racism. So, and look at the today stars. You know, PK Soupon, Wayne Simmons, Dumda. I mean, we, have, we actually have some incidents here when it came, you know, with, some, some, with a few Hawks fans mm-hmm. earlier this season. So, what do you think that, what, what do you think, how do you guys like what hockey's doing and what, what more they need to do?
1: Uh, They they need to uh, include more of the, the, I hate to use this word, more kids of uh, different ethnicities uh, into their programs, really dig deep, dive deep into these communities. I know uh, they have a program called Hockey's for Everyone. Uh, I'm not going to say it's been a a, a total miss, but they need to be more active. Can you make uh, the game of hockey more affordable for children? Because, uh, it's not easy playing hockey. No, I, I never done it at any level, only on video games. But with that being said, you know, it costs a lot to play hockey. And I think that's not the main reason why that uh, children of other ethnicities do not participate in hockey. It's not like they don't want to, but because of the economics, uh, uh, many of them can't. You know, you have to pay for ice time. You have to pay for the equipment. And so, you know, you play on these teams, you know uh, – the, the cost uh, goes up. So uh, people always say to parents, and parents always say to the kids, do you really want to do this? Because it's a really a big time investment, actually a lifetime investment if your kid wants to play college hockey or perhaps go to the NHL.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like what they're doing so far uh, as well. But, you know, obviously it's, it's a sport that is, you know, obviously not the most diverse that we have. So uh, there needs to be more done. Uh, like you said, Sydney, I think uh, I think one of the main reasons is the economic uh, part of it. So hopefully, uh, if that gets turned around, we'll start to see uh, a little more color within the National Hockey League.
0: And also, and
2: also more,
0: No, go ahead. no so I was gonna say more, more, more sort of promotion with those players of color. I mean, you know, you look at Jerome McGinley, I mean, no, a lot of people can't even, you can't even pick him out, out of a lineup. I mean, nobody knows who he is. He's been among the, mm-hmm. you know, in recent years has been one of the most consistent players. Also Supon as well. I mean, we know who he is, but it seems like, you know, mainstream wise, nobody really knows. So, it, again, promoting, I think, is really sort of the thing here that needs to be done more of.
1: I know why, I know most of, well, most of the people in Chicago and across the country were watching the NBC broadcast of the Blackhawks and in- Oilers. I had the privilege to watch the Canadian broadcast of, of that Hawks Oilers game. Uh, Ron McLean, who most folk, if many of you may know, some don't. He's the host of Hockey Night in Canada. It was on the Rogers Sportsnet during the second mission intermission of the Hawks Oilers game. He had the chance to interview uh, Evander Kane and not Jerome McGinn wasn't on there and Matt Dumba and a couple of other black stars of the of the National Hockey League, and they were all saying the same thing that we were saying, that uh, they're going to uh, do their part to uh, help step up the participation of of, uh, of blacks in hockey, not just in Canada, but here in the United States as well. And like you said Lakina, promotion is the key. And I've been saying this for a long time. This falls on the commissioner's doorstep of Gary Beckman. Uh, promotion has been uh, what's been their Achilles heel in the National Hockey League. It, it should not be fourth in this country, in the United States, as far as po- popularity. But they have no one to blame but themselves. It's uh, just like baseball.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, look Mike Trout. I mean, for baseball, I mean, what do people can people tell how how he looks or what he looks like no. outside of us? No. So, well, we'll we'll see. You know, people are going to be on them, so we'll see what happens there. Okay, let's go to the gridiron, guys, the NFL. Now, we've seen some top players that have opted out. We've seen some guys that have been on the COVID uh, reserve list, meaning that guys, they're not necessarily touch positive, but I guess as a precaution, Matt Stafford, you know, yesterday, probably like the, probably the biggest, one of, one of, not the biggest names so far to be put on that list so of course you know his his wife is recovering from brain surgery so you gotta think you've got to be extra and also they just you know had another had a son so they got to be extra careful so what do you guys think do you, do you guys expect to see even more players opt out i mean damian williams was probably like before you know is the first there's the one big name so far that has come out and saying he's opted out there have been a few players of course eddie goldman here for the Bears. so do you guys see any other names
2: well, Dante Hightower for the Patriots, okay? Listen, Patrick Chung and their defensive backfield, those are really big, huge names and important names for that defense of the New England Patriots. They, uh, Dante Hightower is the signal caller, okay? That, 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 that is a really, really big deal. Um, I believe Marquise Goodwin for the Philadelphia yep. Eagles was looking to be more involved yep. in that passing attack uh, this year. He's opting out, like you mentioned, like, you know, Eddie Goldman, Damian Williams scored two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, for crying out loud. Uh, he's opting out. Uh, We got to still see, you know, what's really happening with the Detroit Lions. We don't really know sort of the protocols and what's going on there. It's a COVID-19 reserve list, which means they have either tested positive or come in contact with somebody that has tested positive. But we, other than that, we don't really know what happens next. So um, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. There are still a lot of answers a lot of questions to be answered um, as far as how the NFL is dealing with this thing, because there's, there's probably, excuse me, not at this point going to be a quote unquote bubble for these guys to play in. I don't think it would be possible anyway. Um, But it's, it's, it's such a fluid situation because I mean as, as far as the case of the Detroit lions, it seems to be a lot of their team. So, how will that affect scheduling? How will that affect games, you know, moving forward? What happens if there is an outbreak? With, because I believe it's not an if thing, it's a when thing, right? And what happens then? Do you cancel games? Do you try to play shortened games? I mean, what, what happens there? There's still a lot of questions to be answered that we just don't know about the NFL, and it's still concerning to me.
1: I hope the list doesn't grow uh, expeditiously, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did. And now the news came out yesterday that Philadelphia Eagles head coach, Doug Peterson has tested positive for COVID-19. He's uh, he's okay, doing okay. Now he's self-quarantining himself. He's still going to try to run the team via Zoom from his home while the assistant coaches will run a uh, practice at the facility. So uh, if you're starting to get to these coaches, then it's really going to be a problem.
0: Yeah, he's he's actually asymptomatic, yeah. At this point, so you know, that, that that's good news there. Um, Deuce Daly is actually uh, taking over duties for him right now. He'll he'll still be involved, but Deuce Daly is like mm-hmm. sort of like in the uh, the face-to-face operations. I mean, I'm look, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that that this, the list doesn't grow, but that's why you're probably going to be seeing more and more guys, perhaps maybe pull out. I think the deadline is is Wednesday as it's recording. We're recording on a Monday. Wednesday I think is probably the uh, the deadline and Devin McCourty of course from the aforementioned Patriots he is you know sort of saying well wait a minute why are you only giving us this much but I think I like 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 I said like we told uh, Matt Pe- Peck said, uh I think there's other things going on there but you know I I'm not, I'm not trying to be messy there but uh no. but I'm not uh you know I don't have proof of that so take that for it's work folks but uh I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get more and more, you know folks coming out and guys coming out like, like look we saw why marquis goodwin once you know is opting out i mean him and him and his wife struggled to have kids you know they just had a baby girl a few months ago uh, deuce daily became a dad for the first time he welcomed he and his his lady a long time lady, welcome the son so there's going to be a lot i would be surprised if we see more again the line's Wednesday, so. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Will there be more Bears? Will there be more Lions? Like you said, Jason, there seems to be something seems to be going on there with the Detroit Lions. But uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting.
1: I think it's going to be a bigger story if some of these uh, big-time names, uh, the names bigger than the names we just uh, mentioned. If you see like a Russell Wilson or a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Tom Brady, if those guys are on the uh, opt-out list, I think then it will it become a bigger story.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, um, you know, it still remains to be seen. You know, I guess there's only a couple of days left. But, um, you know, we still got time for some more players to opt out. We'll see what happens.
0: Well, OBJ, so quotes called Timmer saying that he's not opting out, although there was initial report that he was because of the fear. So we'll see how far that goes. But uh, right, anything, anything else NFL-wise you guys want to talk about?
2: Joey Bosa got paid.
0: Ah, yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about that?
2: Deserved? Mm, maybe. Not too sure, but I think that's where the market is right now. So uh, I can't be too mad at, at the contract. But, um, you know, I, I mean, he, he got paid nonetheless. So congratulations to him. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, he deserves his money because we all know the NFL, your contract is not fully guaranteed, only 30% of it. So, Bosa is not. I think he's the highest paid defensive lineman in the league. Uh, he beats out Aaron Donald, the Rams, and of course, Khalil McCann in Chicago for the Bears. So, uh, he won't be up there for long. So, if somebody else on the defensive line, uh, whoever that player is, is going to have a great season and perhaps uh, break the bank again. So, uh, we all know that the salary cap is going up probably have, perhaps not after this year because of the pandemic that we are in right now. But in the a couple of years when it really goes back up, uh, the, the price tag for these defensive uh, stars along with the quarterbacks are going up. So these teams are going to have to monitor the cap very carefully. We already see that uh, with the quarterbacks, right. obviously, but with these defensive players starting to get paid, too, uh, is really going to be trouble
0: i.e. Pat Mahomes. So yeah. So there's a lot of guys gonna be want that want that money. So and listen he totally look Bosa totally deserves it. So I mean maybe not that much money, but that they maybe I can I can understand why they did it because I think they want to make sure to have him in, in the fold to sort of build that defense. So mm-hmm. will be interesting. Also um, the Vikings, speaking of the you know, NFC North rivals, the Vikings have signed extensions to both general manager Rick Spielman and head coach Mike Zimmer. There was always there was rumors last year that Mike Zimmer would get the boot. You know, but they made the playoffs, got got to the semi got to the divisional round and you <laughs> know that they you know we'll see what what they do, but uh yeah, I think it's deserving for both men. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I you know, I think Mike Zimmer's one hell of a coach. Um, you know, he's sort of I don't want to say resurrected the Minnesota Vikings, but I mean, he's definitely gotten them back to um, playing well, you know, year in and year out and being a playoff contender. Um, and they've got another good team this year coming into it. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens on the field. But, yeah, Rick Spielman, I, I think he's he's a, he's a hell of a general manager. I mean, the, the two have seemingly uh, worked well together. I don't really uh, know too much about what's going on behind the scenes. But, I mean, congratulations to both men. I think they're both deserving of it.
1: Yeah, agree. Congrats
2: to both men. We'll see if they can finally take
1: that next step and win the Super Bowl. I know they fell short of winning the division last year, but as you mentioned, like, you know they uh, they re- they got their playoff victory at New Orleans before.
0: Our- yeah, before losing t- <laughs> before losing San Francisco. So yeah, so it's it's going to be very interesting though if if, if the if the Vikings can kind of like take that next step. I know they had, I know they had to, they had to trade digs. They had some other stuff going on too. They had a a lot of defensive guys, the old defensive guys, they had to let go. So it'll be interesting. So finish your thoughts, Sid.
1: (laughs) I think Dalvin Cook, their running back, was looking for a new contract as as well. I think he's back with the team, but he was looking to get fresh cash uh, as well. So we all have to monitor that situation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Dalvin Cook did report uh, the other day, but uh, yeah, it was a bit of a concern. Um, I can't remember what date it was, but have we broken down? Have all three of us broken down the D- Jamal Adams trade? You may have done it Friday, but you
0: do it. Okay, well you go ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, well, you know, I definitely, obviously, want to get you guys' thoughts. Um, but I, I kind of think this is a good trade for both teams. Um, it was, it was sort of obvious at this point that uh, Adams didn't want to be in New York anymore. I mean, obviously, he's calling out the, he's calling out their general manager and team owners and and head coaches. I mean, you know, we, we all know about Adam Gates anyway, but um, <laughs> we won't go to that specific part of it, but um, in, in a division where literally one yard cost you the division last year, this may have been the tipping point to push Seattle um, ahead of the San Francisco 49ers. I personally thought they were, would win the division anyway, coming into this year. Um, but I know there's a bit of a debate about you know, if the trade sort of sort of nudges them ahead of, of the Niners or not. Um, I was sort of of the mind that the Niners would have a bit of a Super Bowl hangover, um, which would allow a team like the the L.A. Rams or, as we talked about, the Arizona Cardinals to steal a couple of games and also be competitive. But I think the NFC West is going to be really, really tough. Um, but, I mean, I, I love this trade for both teams because they got – the Jets, I mean, in this case, they got a very, very good haul for Jamal Adams and a, a very good safety Bradley McDougall in Bradley in, McDougal in itself. And, uh, and of course, uh, Seattle is sort of trying to reboot the Legion of Boom, maybe a 2.0 uh, sort of version of that, and that certainly helps. And Jamal Adams is a playmaker.
1: Yeah, for the Seahawks, it definitely bolsters up their secondary, which was a problem for them uh, last year. Uh, I, I have them, me personally, as a favorite for the NFC West. I know people want to talk about San Francisco, but – I have my concerns about them. Maybe they'll take a step back. I'll give my predictions for the divisions at the end of the month here. But with that being said, it puts Seattle as the top two, maybe top three uh, team in the NFC to reach the Super Bowl. And You had the quarterback on the other side for Russell Wilson. So um, they're pretty much set there. Now on the other side for the Jets, as I always said, uh, they have a good offensive line. They need a running back and they need a number one wide receiver. And the question is going into the season for the Jets, will Sam Durner wants stay healthy. Number two, is he their franchise quarterback?
0: Yeah, look they gotta look like I said, like I like like we said I think a couple of weeks ago when it happened, said that we look, the Jets got a nice little haul. You know, Bradley McDougal's one probably one of the young the the best young secondary guys, so they can build around him and they got a lot of draft picks over the next couple of years. So I'm not worried about the Jets right now. Now I, I, as for as for the you know, the Seahawks, I mean look. That NFC West, and I've been saying this for the last two weeks, that NFC West is, is probably I don't want to say wide open, but it's, it's going to be very competitive. Mm-hmm. Like I said, each team has their sort of you know shortcomings. They're running, Who's going to run the ball for the Seahawks? And w- is San Fran going to have that Super Bowl hangover? Will the Rams, I don't know they had to get rid of a lot of guys because of uh, cap space, but we'll see if they're any good. We'll see how good Arizona is. There's a, there's a lot of buzz about Arizona, so I think Look, do I I think Seattle's right there? I think with San Fran. I don't want to say that I've heard people say, well, this will put them over the top, not only in the division, but could also get in the Super Bowl. I want to slow down because, especially since the fact that, you know, how this offseason's played out, the fact that they haven't been able to practice these guys. So, you know, I know we're going to do in camp and whatnot, you know, it's going to start camp, but it, it's going to be very interesting, though, that NFC West is going to be very competitive. Yeah, speaking of the
1: yeah, speaking of the NFC, which well, just real quick, I, I haven't seen any promos for it. I think NFL Films is still going to go on with it, along yep. with HBO. But Hard Knocks is supposed to feature the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers this year because they both are playing in a new stadium called SoFi Stadium uh, with no preseason. Now it'll be interesting to see uh, uh, how much will these teams allow to be placed on air because most of it will, will be. I'm sure they'll have to be creative or which players they're going to profile. They're going to, I know they're going to profile the, the guy who was undrafted and the, or perhaps the guy who was cut from another team. But I think mostly what you're going to see, I'm curious to find out uh, what you're going to see how they social distance and um, are they in meeting rooms or how they, which there probably won't be, but how they, how they zoom meeting these plays uh, to the players and, and what, can they and will not do on the practice field I think it's really going to be interesting will they have their highest ratings ever I'm not sure but I want to see how NFL films will be creative since there'll be no preseason games to follow this year
0: yeah having a lot of a lot of those guys there they're not they're not going to be in a bubble so Mm -hmm. that's going to be very interesting to see how they film this because I'm sure they're gonna have to do probably do like boom mics and you know, both, you know, at the top and at the bottom to kind of, like, keep their distance from everybody. That's going to be very interesting, though, to see how they do this because you got – you're doing both teams, so you're dealing with a lot of, you know, tight quarters anyway. So that's going to be interesting to see how – how, how A, how they film, and B, how these camps are going to look.
2: Yeah, that's a great point.
0: All right, anything else NFL-wise before we go to the college ranks?
1: Uh, no, not let's here. The co- yeah, was do the College
0: Uh College Pitskin. So, for people who – this is, this came out over the weekend. So, for those who don't know, the Pac-12, some prominent Pac-12 players have kind of – I don't want to say form a union, but they've kind of – they've decided to sort of, like, use their power. And, you know, they ordered a really great Players' Tribune piece – Jake Kernan of the, the, the California Golden Bay of Cal, of the Cal Bears, he was one of the ones that sort of kind of started spearheading this, and he's a redshirt senior from from Cal, and he helped. He's the one to kind of helped organize all of this, you know, among some of the sort of the, the demands, you know, more social justice reform, you know, within the college, the college ranks, you know, Black Lives Matter, and also pay. I've seen some articles with guys say, well, it's unrealistic. This is absurd. Or others say, well, you know, take it or leave it or whatever. You know, y'all can go if y'all don't want to play. And now Nick, I want to make sure I get his name right. Uh, The head coach of Wazoo, this will be his first year there. Rolovic, Nick Rolovic told his star player, Cassie Woods, a wide receiver who's projected to be a a first-round pick this season. And – you know, he told him that unity, if you will, among you guys, will be an issue, among other things. So what do you guys think this whole thing is becoming – this is becoming very sort of haywire here. So what do you guys say? what's been going on in the Pac-12 and everything else?
1: I'm all for the players uh, using their power, especially um, – I don't I want to put a better term. I don't want to say this weird phenomenon, but um, lack of a better term. Uh, after the the assassination of, of George George Floyd, people have been more active and coming together and unifying. And I think uh, these college football players are using that momentum to to a positive advantage. So I do not blame these college kids right here. Of course, they cannot legally unionize, but uh, they can. I heard I think it was Jay Williams this morning on, on the Get Up on ESPN. He brought up a great point. They they're, they're allowed to sign waivers to play, but they cannot legally unionize. So they are really put in a no-in position, which I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. So anything they can to get their voices heard and get their uh, demands, hopefully. met. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Somebody has to listen to them because, as I always say, in college sports, everybody gets paid but the players. The players are, quote-unquote, essential workers.
2: I couldn't agree with you more, Sydney. Um, You know, we need to see more of this, maybe, hopefully, um, we can see this in a, in, a, in another power five conference or two or three or all of them, um, because l- like you just said, they're they're the ones at most grit most risk and they don't get paid. And they're they're the ones out there, you know, putting their bodies on the line. And um, I am I am so happy to see something like this going on. I don't know the resolution. I'm definitely keeping my eye on it, though. Um, I, I, I hope. I hope these kids get the answers they want because uh, again I, I keep going back to this there are there is so much that is not known for these players and and how they're supposed to operate and um they're they're being left you know to the winds uh for lack of a better phrase there there, there is no real direct leadership uh from from the NCAA or or even in this case even the head of the Pac12 um it's 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 really it's really disappointing to see the reaction instead of the pro action uh from from a lot of these um these these men in power in these in these organizations especially in, in the ncaa so um i'm i'm all for it like you said sydney i'm excited to see how it plays out
0: yeah and look this is going to be very interesting to kind of like where all this goes because the season's is supposed to be starting in, in just a about a month for some of these programs. I mean, I see the Sun Belt; they're gonna go, kind of go on as scheduled. Okay, uh, they're gonna do like a ten, twelve game schedule. I know some other conferences have said they're not gonna play, you know, till spring. You know, not just football with any of their sports. So, either fall sports. So it'll be interesting to see there. But it's not surprising the NCAA's lack of action here or lack of like sort of lack of leadership in you know and unity especially because there seems to not be like okay i know you're myth because y'all lost a lot of money but if you know these 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 teams don't play you're going to lose a lot of other sports especially with stanford they had to get rid of about a dozen of their sports so it's going to be happening more and more so mark emmer where are you the rest of you it's civil leadership where are you you know what, what what what's going on here so it it it's just crazy it's, you know, we'll be interested to see how this goes because I just think that, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Kirk Herbstreit wasn't crazy when he said that he would be surprised if there's, a, if there's football this year.
1: Yeah, you have to be worried about this more than the coronavirus. Yep. So you shouldn't be worried about that, but this would be just as big as the virus, which everyone is obviously worried about right, right now and rightfully so.
2: Yep, agreed.
0: Okay, Caleb uh, Foley, who is the pop, who's the talented um, second you know, corner? I think he's a corner or safety. I know he's in the secondary from Caleb Farley, who's the one of the secondary, one of the top secondary guys. I think he was all ACC last year for Virginia Tech. He was, you know, the second player to opt out. Um, I forgot the running. I keep forgetting the running back's name from Illinois that did that. He was the first to it, but he's the second. He's the the most prominent name Farley is, and he kind of raised concerns about what's been going on. And he said that was one of the reasons why he decided to opt out. So do you guys think there'll be other players that are going to be joining him? And what do you think is going to happen here?
2: Yeah, I can see it. I mean, I can definitely see it. You know, we're, we're actually seeing it with what's going on with the PAC 12 and their, and their unity group. Um, Again, I mean, I hate to keep saying this, but people, they, they, especially these players, they don't have enough information to make them feel comfortable. And that's on the NCAA, you know, that, that, that is on Mark Emmer and the leadership that he's not showing at this point. Um, You know, it's, it's concerning. It, It really is. And it creates fear and it creates doubt. And, you know, however you feel about it. I mean, these young men are, are, you know, taking their lives into what they feel is their own hands by making this decision. So I, I would not be surprised if more young men start opting out. I wouldn't be, at all.
1: I wouldn't be surprised either, head of a bit, and I do mean head of a bit, it the worst, if this virus takes to turn for the worst, especially in the states that are currently hot spots like Florida and Texas and Arizona and parts of California. If you're a high, uh, a projected high first round draft pick, like Quarterback Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, and in in, like I said, heaven this takes a turn for the worst. Why would you play this year? Really, <laughs> the decision w- would have been made for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: lack of le- lack of leadership, but that's all you can really mm-hmm. say. I mean, th- this is just unfortunate that we're still, even after all these months, after everything has been that's been happening, we're still talking about this and lack of leadership because of you know. Not, you know, sort of letting the conferences fend for themselves, which I think is just wrong. And I think it's, it shows lack of uh, organization and responsibility. Way to go, NCAA. You you're screw you're screwed mm-hmm. up.
1: Mm-hmm. You screwed
0: up. <laughs> let's be honest. As usual. Exactly. So let's go from the college football gridiron to the college round ball. Some top players have decided to take their names out of the draft. Luke Garza from Iowa, two Illinois guys, uh, kobe Koe Hoffman and I. Ao, I'm not gonna. You know, I'll let I'll let Jason say because he says his last name better than <laughs> than. uh Ayo Desumu. Ayo Desumu. Okay. See. Oh, I actually had that right. Um, couple other players. Um, the sophomore from Baylor. I forgot. Jared Butler. That's his name. He just decided to withdraw uh Romy Martin Remy Martin from Arizona State has pulled his name out so a lot of top players have decided to pull out of the draft now are you guys surprised by this and also what team what does mean for a lot of teams for next season coming up
2: well I'll, I'll tell you why I'm a I'm a little surprised by this but I'm not um especially in the case of like a Luka Garza and a Kofi Coburn, I thought they would be drafted. Um, But it seems as though in both of their cases that there was a good possibility that they would not have been drafted. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, It it, it looks like Coburn would have been drafted as sort of as, as projections go, but he would have been a real, real late pick. Uh, Same thing for Garza, maybe not being drafted at all. Uh, So that's why I'm a, you know, a little, little bit surprised, but um, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited, especially in the case of, of Coburn and Ayudasumu uh, for the, for the Illini. Um, this I, I think this gives them at the very least a top 15 preseason team, if not an outright top 10 team. Uh, they are incredibly talented. They bring back one of the best um, uh, recruiting classes. In the Big Ten as well, Brad Underwood has done an incredible job there. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to sort of see this program at least start to get back on track. Um, they had a bit of a surprising season last year, so now they're going to have expectations, right? Let's see how they handle them. But they've got one of the best inside-outside players in the entire conference. Um, these, I wanted Coburn to come back for another year anyway. I think he needed it um he, he sort of floundered down the stretch there even though he still played well but he did, he definitely didn't play as well as he did in the first part of the season so i'm excited for that yeah i mean i think the big ten is going to be one hell of a conference i think it just makes college basketball better as a whole so i'm excited for it
1: i like this rule that, that the nba implemented a couple of years ago if you don't as long as you don't hire an agent um if you don't like the projected spot that you are projected to be selected, then you can opt out and try and try again uh, next year. You can go back to college. So I, I think that, that was smart of the NBA to do. As you mentioned, Jason, it's going to boost up college even more. You're still going to have some of your top prospects go to college, even though the probably that one and done rule will, will should be and probably will be uh, erased once the new NBA CBA uh, will be done in a couple years or so uh it should help more college basketball they they need it right now and it should help them uh now in the short term but in the long term as well short term because we missed march madness of uh, this past year because of the pandemic we are in right now but over if things get sort of back to normal uh, college basketball uh with this with the players return will be a better off forward
0: Aaron Henry from Michigan State also has decided to drop to op- the drop-off, the withdrawal from the draft, Chris Smith from UCLA, he was one of the big reasons why UCLA went on that that great run that they probably could have made the tournament had they had everything not stopped. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of top players have, you know, went this route, and like you guys said, I mean, college hoops is definitely a place where they need it because, like you said, they you know, with no March Madness, this is sort of like some guys kind of testing the waters, but they said, you know what, I probably, you know, we probably need to mm-hmm to you know come back and you know bustle. so it should be it should be this should be fun I mean look whatever helps college hoops I mean they need it right now so this will be interesting season coming up we'll see if anything weird happens that the things have to either move or get delayed you know that whole thing so it'll be interesting the Luca Garza thing I I thought he would have stayed but you know Fam, Fam McCaffrey I'm sure you know, the, the Hawkeyes fans will be happy about that yeah, I think them. Illinois and Michigan they will probably be the top three favorites in the big ten next year. We'll see, but should look it should be a lot of fun. so what what more do you guys want to talk about?
1: I'll leave it up to Jason.
2: <laughs> well, well, um actually, I was gonna say, um what did you feel about like uh, kind of how this is is sort of transpiring? What is your sort of feelings on by on like how you think there should be a season in, in college basketball? Because again, it's going to be really hard to sort of keep these guys in a bubble. Do you, do you see any of that type of scenario for college basketball, or, or what do you think?
1: I, I know that Rupertino, um, now I think he's back to coaching college. He said that he wouldn't be surprised if uh, all these conferences will go to conference. Scheduling only uh, starting and they should start in January if the worst, uh, if this virus takes a turn for the worst. Uh, I don't know if they're going to start in November. They usually start in mid to late November. Uh, I, I don't know. Hopefully there's a vaccine out there by then or things are looking better by then. I know we'll be in the beginning of flu season. But with that being said, uh, I won't be surprised if it, uh, the start of college basketball got delayed by a month or two. We all hope that it doesn't happen, but I wouldn't be surprised.
0: It'll, it'll be, you would think it'd be easier there to put the college hoops players on a bubble since you're not dealing with as big of a roster in right. some cases. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, look, I wouldn't be surprised if what Rick Pitino said is true, that they actually decided to wait and just say, we'll just wait till January, especially if things don't seem to slow down by then, if, at least right now. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like it, so within the next month, as we get into September, mid to late September when they're these guys are starting to get ready to practice. I I mean, it's hard to say at this point, but I would be surprised if they if, they, if these these teams go all conference, I wouldn't be shocked.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm sort of leaning that way as well. Um I think they're sort of going to, you know, follow suit with with NCWA football, at least they're sort of outline of a plan at this point. Um yeah, but you know, it's 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 just so interesting and unique and and what's going on with with sports, you know, in the professional ranks as well, not only in college. So, just want to get you guys as quick thoughts on on what do you think might happen there. I think it's probably going to be somewhat of a in all conference type of deal as well.
0: Well, and plus they got a little bit more time too, so yeah. they can't they can't like push it back <laughs> to the springtime. They they can't do that. So, especially you got the you know, college college who's going on, and then with the, with the FCS, you got the, the college football going on as well. So the chili is going to be very busy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so maybe, maybe that's a good thing. Um, who knows, um, the rock, the rock and with another ownership group, they have put in $15 million to buy the XFL. What do you guys think about that?
1: Hopefully the XFL will save itself and save its image of uh, Vince McMahon couldn't do it. I know their ratings were decent, uh, earlier this year, but, um, uh, it's all about rebranding, repackaging. Uh, uh, some people say spring football uh, is maybe not the best for football. Uh, are you going to try to, to compete with the NFL, even though your league will, will follow uh, will follow the Super Bowl? But uh, it's all about repackaging and rebranding. Uh, how are you going to sell this to the public? Again, this will be the third time that you're going to try. So hopefully the, the Rock has a, good advices and good people behind them. We'll, we'll see how this works.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess the third time could be the charm, right? <laughs> I guess that's how we got to put it. Um, like you said, Sunny, the ratings were decent, you know, but obviously, uh, you know, with, with a, uh, an oncoming pandemic, things just sort of weren't able to be sustained um, with the XFL. I'm excited for the Rock. I'm excited for the group. Um, I think he's going to bring, you know, a fresh perspective. Uh, to try to, you know, like you say, rebrand and repackage this thing, but it's it's the third time, you know. I I just don't know at this point. Is it even worth it?
0: Especially since ESPN's already opted out of televising the XFL. So you gotta think that that's another thing that's gonna be taken into account too. That's probably why they had to you know the Rock had to I think the Rock's worth like what, like 180, 180 million or hundred ninety million. So I, I, he g I can't afford, I guess, the investment, even if it's up being a bad one, but you know, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be very interesting, though. Like, can they sort of, you know, bounce back from this? Because, unfortunately, the ratings were starting to dip even before everything stopped. So, that's another thing that they got to worry about there. A couple of NFL notes. Uh, Juwan James, who's a talented right tackle for the Broncos, he decided to opt, opt out, filling a huge void in that offensive line. He cited too much unknown about this virus and about plans about handling it going forward. What do you guys think about that news?
2: You, you know, we were just talking about this a few minutes ago. Um, it's, it's with this sort of deadline being, you know, sort of forcing these guys to make these decisions. I, I wouldn't be surprised if more prominent names opt out.
1: Yeah, like I said, it would, uh, this story will become bigger once the bigger names, uh, if they appear on that list.
0: Oh, and some more breaking news. Adam Shatter just reported uh, former Washington football teams, Pro Bowlers, it's weird saying, that's a mouthful, uh, tied (laughs) in Jordan Reed reached an agreement, instead of late an agreement with the 49ers. So what do you guys think about that news?
2: Well, probably, you know, one of the last chances for Jordan Reed. I mean, um, he's a guy that was certainly talented. Uh, Him and, and Kirk Cousins had very, very good chemistry a few seasons back when he was healthy um in Washington, but obviously concussions and other injuries have sort of derailed uh his career a little bit. And you know, this this might be one of the last chance hopes for him. Uh they still got um Kittle there at the at the tight end spot in San Francisco. So maybe he can be somewhat uh, in a backup type of role.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, Jason, he will be the backup to George Kittle. And assuming that he stays healthy, and heaven forbid that George Kittle gets hurt, he'll be the number one guy. He's known to put up big numbers in the past, but uh, injuries, i.e., concussions, has been his problem. I know people thought that he was going to retire, but he's going to give it one last shot. Best wishes to him.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, this is a guy that's had a lot of concussion problems and injury prone. So, like I said, this is a low risk. I mean, I add stuff to that tight end position. They sort of like take the heat off Kittle for, you know, maybe some third third down play. So this will, this should be interesting. Um, the Bears. You know, real quick, real quick about the Bears. Um, Mr. Trubisky said that he wants to prove everybody wrong. What do you guys think? <laughs> what I I believe it's up to you guys. I'll 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 say
1: this. Uh, it it's going to be tough with no preseason games this year. And no, I do not hate Trubisky, so I'm not going to go down that route. But. As I said before in this program, the job is his until he screws up. This is the last year of his contract. We all know that head coach Matt Nagy and GM Ryan Pace, their jobs are riding on the success and failure of Trubisky. If Trubisky fails early, they're going to go to Nick Foles. Unless some of the dramatic happens between now and September 13th when they open at Detroit, Mr. Trubisky will be your starting quarterback at Detroit.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm definitely echoing some of the same sentiments um there, Sydney. But at at this point, you know, show us. Don't talk about it, be about it. It's how we like to say it <laughs> sometimes. And um, you know, this this is where it's at. It's a critical junction for like you like not only Trubisky, but like you said, Sydney, um uh Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy as well. Uh, you know, they they've gotta get this thing right and I think they're gonna have a good football team, but you know, like you said, if if Trubisky struggles early, I think they're going to have a quick hook.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Look, especially since there's no preseason, that might be harder for for Foles to kind of get back in there. But again, if if look if Trubisky sucks early on, I mean, they may not have a choice but to give him to give him the heave. But uh, again, we'll see. I mean, this is sort of one of those things where you're you're sort of like there was there has been no off season for for a lot of these guys. So it's going to be very interesting how, for all these teams, not just for the Bears, for all these teams, especially with all these new acquisitions and new coaches, not being able to work with their guys up close and personal. So this whole season is going to be very interesting because I'm not worried about, about it. I mean, I know that uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who's now with the, the Panthers, said that you know he was actually able to work out a few of his guys sort of like one at a time, you know, keep the distance. So. It's going to be very interesting, though, to see how all this goes because which team benefits and which teams don't and everything. So this is going to be very interesting.
1: Yeah, that goes for all the teams in all your four uh, major sports. Uh, who, uh, Whoever wins the title is really going to earn it this year.
2: Great.
0: All right. Justin Thomas wins the St. Jude Invitational yesterday. He goes back to being number one, holding off guys like Phil Mickelson, and Brooks Kepka, both former number ones themselves. I think there's like this 13th, I guess, career PGA title. That's the most, the third most after Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods. Look, this guy has shown, this guy has already has a couple of Grand Slams or actually one Grand Slam in him. So this guy is showing that he is he's still one of the best and he's still in his mid-20s <laughs> so this guy is still like one of the top golfers in the world
2: yeah uh, agreed and sometimes his name you know gets put behind the Rory McIlroy the books the Brooks Kepkas, and and guys of that nature sometimes but yeah he's still really good and been consistent throughout his career really he just doesn't have a whole lot of majors to show for it
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he has one, but, uh, he was got the PGA championship coming up in a, in you know, next week. So that's going to be very interesting to see how, where that'll be. So that that's going to be fun and exciting and, you know, we'll see where Tiger is. I mean, you know, he took a couple weeks off, still having issues with the knee. I'm, 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 I'm hearing, so, I mean, okay, well, we'll, we'll talk about that and the, that as that goes, but, uh, sorry about that folks. Uh, So any final thoughts before we wrap up here,
1: guys? I'm really excited for game two between the Hawks and Orioles tonight. If the Hawks should take this game, uh, uh, you can say series over. So I know this is their first playoff appearance in three years. So they took advantage on Saturday. Let's see if they can set the tone again tonight as they take on Everton, in Everton, one of the two hub cities in Canada.
2: Yeah, uh, for me, it's just a lot of sports. Cubs at, at seven. We've got some basketball going on right now. Raptors and heat at the half. Uh, Raptors have the lead, it looks like. Got a couple of marquee matchups on deck. Nuggets and thunder, uh, and the Lakers and Jazz to sort of wrap things up tonight. So it's a night of sports, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Couch potatoes. <laughs> Since we cannot <laughs> attend these games.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that that well, that'll do, right? I mean, and look how how disappointed that he has been have been. I mean, I thought I expected more for them. They were kind of like one of those hot teams that were pretty hot before everything stopped. So real quick, how do you guys feel about the heat? I mean, this is, you know, they, they've kind of been disappointing too.
2: Well, we, you know, we, we, we talked about this last week, right? Like which teams would sort of benefit from this restart and which teams could struggle. And um, it, it's kind of, we're kind of seeing that play out with Miami because they were a team that uh, got off to such a good start and and you know was in a good position before this lockdown hit and it seems to have sort of you know stifled that quote unquote momentum so far in this early restart.
1: Um, besides the Jersey incident with Jimmy Butler, I want to see how he can, how his leadership will affect the team, and I also want to see how Andre Iguodala incorporating his fingers into that team as well because that's a good young bunch down there in Miami, but. Can they compete against Milwaukee? I know they had success against them this year, but can they compete against the likes of Milwaukee, Boston, and Toronto? And we shall see come playoff time.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, though, because as we reconvene, you know, the playoffs will be starting or at least they will be set. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see, like, those those bottom those bottom teams fight for those last spots. It'll be interesting to see what, what they do there. So it's going to be very interesting. For me, my final sort of final thoughts here is like you like you said, Jason, sports. And if the Hawks can kind of keep up their hot start, can the Cubs and the Sox keep up their hot start? And if more prominent players pull out in both college and pro football, that's another thing I'm looking forward to. I mean, I don't know. There's no deadline for the college. I'm sure within like the next month, we'll we'll see if more big names, you know, or if more take a stand. Like what the Pac-12 players, what they're doing. So. That's what I'm looking forward to. So, anything else? Anything else, you guys?
2: I'm, I'm good on mine. I'm end. good. Yeah, I'm good.
0: All right. All right. That was fun as always. You follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Keena underscore McGee on the Insta.
1: You're going to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SAK80. Once again, SAK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can read my uh, prediction on this Hawks and Oilers series. I will not say that here. You can read my article <laughs> at That's weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L
2: radio.com. And you can follow me at truthandreason underscore on the Twitter. You can follow the show's Twitter handle at 2 s c h i. And you can also... Uh, watch me on uh, my other podcast that I do with our good friend Derek Tate called The Go Route. We just um, had another new episode yesterday, talking about players opting out uh, of the season and how that affects them going into it. And we we got our, our thoughts on um, a couple of guys getting paid as well, uh, i.e. Joey Bosa, and a few other news and notes in the NFL. So check it out wherever you consume your podcast. All right, you can also you
0: can also listen and watch. This podcast on uh, We Are Real Regular we are real Regular.com. And, and of course, they also have a YouTube channel too. So you can listen, you can watch, you know, watch our you know, weird backgrounds and me and my weird different color shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, so you know well, well, we'll listen, you can see everything here with the Zoom, thank goodness. Uh but so yeah, so for Jason and Sid, I'm like Kansas Vicasy Sports Zoom style.
2: Zoom style.
0: Sports is back. Holla! All right. Stay safe, guys, and wash your hands.
1: Yes.